Originals. Hello, I'm Joey Barton, and welcome to the bonus edition of the Edge Podcast, exclusive to you Deezer subscribers. In this week's episode, I spoke with Saracen's legend, Alex Good. We didn't have time to fit everything into the main show, so here's a little extra something from our conversation just for you. So I've read that Saracens actively encourage their players to be engaged in education. Two-thirds of Saracens players have completed a degree or are in the process of completing a degree. You completed your own degree at the University of Hertfordshire. Well, that's not entirely true. I'm well, in my final year that's here. That's what my research has. Yeah, well, someone, Wikipedia, it's, it's my <laughs> mum writing it again, isn't it? Um, no, I'm in, I mean, uh, I left eight years ago. Uh, unfortunately, I missed too much. Uh, it's not open you, so I was missing You're too many lectures. Off. No, I was, unfortunately, I was away with like England Saxons and then I couldn't do my exams and my uh, beloved French teacher at the time was going to fail me on attendance so so what um, was you studying marketing okay but i'm actually back there now um so i'm Doing finishing the same. My, yeah finishing my final year as we speak in marketing which I, I tell you it's um it's very refreshing though because everyone sort of my friends laugh at me and say it's only taking you 12 years to do a degree which which is true <laughs> uh i like to point out i had a break i wasn't doing like half a module every year yeah you didn't uh, get sent back down yeah with year. my crayons yeah. um no but um no i find it quite uh really interesting now because I've done a bit of work experience in different places and I think as you get older you you actually enjoy learning more. So when you're 18, 19 you just want to get it done out of the way, like just pass, you know, jump over the hurdle, pass the exam, done. I think now that I'm I'm 29 and some of the stuff comes up and I'm really intrigued by it and like I can relate to everyday life, what I read in the newspaper, what you read online, um the experiences you've you've had and Especially yeah. being a, a brand yourself as an international, you know, rugby player, you understand you've been your own brand. So, what better way to understand marketing than looking through your own eyes? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because when I was seventeen, eighteen, choosing the degree, I chose marketing because it had no exams in the first year. So, <laughs> so there was, you know, method by the madness. Um, but now I, I find it fascinating. It's like marketing business, but at the moment, the modules I've got creative uh, marketing in the industry, and I've got services marketing, but yeah, I'm not the the old kid at the front of the class asking loads of questions, but um, I'm certainly enjoying it and finding it interesting. And how how easy do you find it to fit university study into the training culture at Saracens? Um, I find I find that there is time in the week. There's no doubt about it. Was the it. international thing that made a difference? Well, it was a bit of that, yeah. And also they were sticklers for attendance. I've, okay. I've picked my modules now. It's a bit sad. I've picked them where I can definitely attend as much as possible. And there's now a link with the club and the university okay. in terms of they don't, you know give you first and all that it just help you in terms of attendance yeah, I remember doing better. some testing for QPR pre-season one time at your ground which has got the that's got Middlesex Uni there yeah. as well so they help out as well yeah. they've got a phenomenal testing um, unit there uh, especially sports science um, and but, do you utilise that quite a bit? Uh, we do, yeah. Some of the stuff when we're up at the ground, we'll we'll use that in terms of skin folds, power tests, you know, yeah. speed stuff, which is great. But yeah, certainly the University of Hertfordshire have been very good to a lot of the younger guys at Saracens, helpful, and um, I think it's brilliant as a young guy to do something. And um, do you find that obviously having that career development, you know, outside the rugby pitch, gives you less anxiety about because you get a lot more physical contact than us as football players and obviously to have less anxiety about life after football stroke rugby when you've got a degree or because you've used a lot newer to the professional era than us yeah so you've got 
you always had to get trades as you went to university and then played rugby and international rugby and club rugby kind of from there and usually had an education whereas footballs usually are taken from school straight into football. I think there's a, there's a lot of benefits to it. I think first and foremost for, for a young guy, when you come into rugby, you do have a spare time and you should do something away from it because you're probably not going to play first team straight away and I think it allows you more than anything, there's going to be injuries along the road and rugby especially there's injuries early on and I think so many young guys I've seen when they get injured they have nothing else and they just want to get back as quick as possible and they're desperate to be out of the training field and if anything that boredom when they don't have time they get into trouble or mischief or they don't really better themselves and secondly they come back too quick unlike the guys who've had stuff away from it they do their rehab perfectly they do everything they need to do and they're desperate to get back but they've also got something away from it so I think that does have a an impact I think secondly it does depend on how you're wired some guys just and you've come across them just want to think rugby training recovery professionalism rugby rugby that's all they want to do but not not everyone and not most and I think the other guys they like to have something away because it stimulates their mind, it keeps them busy, and because mm. 99.9% of all rugby players will have to work again. And so having something and understanding well, it's that... It's changing now, though, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is, but there'll still be very, very few. I mean, maybe your own foul, Maratogis, but nearly everyone else is still going to have to work and do something. And I think knowing that from an early age, it might change from the next era coming through, but everyone else I've played with knows that. And so therefore having something puts your mind at ease because certainly my biggest fear rugby is what I'll do after what I'll do when I retire. And I think if you put things in place and it gives you options at least, and you know, I may never go down the marketing route, but I know that I'll have a degree and I can go, well, that's not for me, but I've got some set of skills that I've learned and understand. Yeah. And that's the thing that we don't really contemplate at, at like elite level footballers because there's just not, something the lads think about although you know me this year being banned from football something I've had to contemplate because even though you've earned money not to work you still need a purpose in life otherwise I mean what are you going to do you can't play golf for the next 35 40 years yeah so you need something to get up for in the morning of course otherwise I think it's a dangerous road even if you know if you're the laziest person in the world you need something to do otherwise you're just bored and you get in trouble and you spend your money and um do you want to go into coaching or or I, I don't think so. I think I've I've said for a couple of years now, the club uh, are quite keen for me to to a badges in a way, and a couple of them have said that. But I think I see uh, head coach role in, in rugby, and it's like 90% man management, I think. And that's just not for me. I think I enjoy watching the the young guys progress and get better and seeing that improvement and, and getting to the first team. Um, but I also know that I'm, I'm ambitious enough that I'd want to get to the top role. I couldn't, I wouldn't just be happy being um, in the respect, but like academy coach and not want to be the head academy coach and then a first team coach. Yeah, your competitive instinct would take over. Exactly. So, what I about think, like no, director no. of rugby or something like that? Again, I think that's even more just, you know, man management. It's less coaching. I, I think I'd, the coaching part would be the, the bit I enjoy. So, I think. Market for manager? My, yeah. <laughs> I think from my point of view, I'd rather reinvent myself in a completely different area and have to start again and, and try and get a buzz or a thrill from something else. Because, like a new experience. Yeah, I think if you try and... Anyone who's ever tried to replicate 
that buzz of playing in front of 80,000 people or winning European Cups and you just can't. Hmm. Nothing's ever going to give you that thrill. But you can get a thrill in different ways, whether it be clinching a deal, a property venture, um, you know, a new client, whatever it is. You know, you, it's different ways. It might be you're a painter and you, you do a piece of art. But I think to try and, for me, I'd rather do some commentary, maybe keep in touch with the game, but not the coaching role at the moment. That's See, not th- th- That's the thing when I think about, like, a, you've obviously got the two England superstars in terms of at the minute before the last three games anyway uh, in Atoji and Owen Farrell and, and they seem I could I could imagine Atoji sitting in the philosophy debates I just couldn't imagine Owen Farrell It's funny though because he probably wasn't too keen at the start but he he come around to it and has enjoyed it I think I've not spoken to him in, in too much depth about it but I think it was um, I think it was very refreshing for everyone else as well because you see this intense Warrior, Northern rugby league just background, like real, like just like wants to just you know always get better improvement and demands the highest of everyone. And actually, is, is he that intense? Yeah, oh, he is intense, but it but in a way that you know there's no there's no angle to it. Right? He just wants the best for everyone to get better and improve and be at his level. And you know, like anything, sometimes it might go to the point where it can seem like it's he's shouting at you, but actually he just wants the best for the group and wants to improve standards. And, you know, you always hear stories of, like, Roy Keane, the same kind of person who demand the most, shout at people. Yeah, Wilkinson. He wanted to, you know, and, and people do it in different ways, but Owen has a, a desire to constantly improve and he wants everyone to be on the same page. Now, of course, not everyone is wired the same in that they not everyone wants to be thinking of rugby every minute of every day, but when we're on the field, I think you do need people to drive standards, drive you know, in leadership. And to be fair, it's not just him. There's a lot of people who do that as well and demand more of each other. Um, and that's part of the the evolving culture is that it's not just Owen. It's, it's Maru with the forwards, Jamie George with the forwards. You know, it's Brad Barrett, myself, other guys demanding more of the backs. And I think when you have it, when it's not just one voice the whole time, it can be uh, powerful. Thanks again there to Alex Good. We'll be back with another series of the Edge podcast very soon. But for now, from me, Joey Barton, it's thanks and goodbye. Deezer, Deezer. Originals.